0: I think my biggest failure and just like lesson is just doing too much at once. As a community manager, and especially as a new, in a new community, in a growing community where you have autonomy to do a lot of different things, you're like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna do that. Nothing gets super dialed in, not necessarily asking the community what they wanted and assuming what they wanted. Do they actually want this event? Do they want this resource? And, And so that's definitely been a lesson too.
1: Hello, and welcome to Talks with Sarah No Socks, a podcast about failure and how it's leading us to success. Each week, I sit down on Mondays and share my weekly failures with you, and I'm joined on Fridays with a special guest who's sharing their own story of failure and how that's led to their current success. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's show. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Talks to Sarah No Socks. This week, I'm sitting back down with my friend, Max, who is now a community manager for Freelance Founders. Last time we talked to him, he was getting into some coaching, and before that, he was a digital marketer. He still has his hands at a a little bit of everything. (laughs) We spoke to his wife not too long ago, who also has her hands at a little bit of everything. So I can't wait to sit back down with him and talk all about how we've made this transition from... Coaching to now the community space, and as he seeks out, you know, more in the community world. So, thanks for joining me again today, Max.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me again. Um, I'm super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm stoked to chat with you. You know, you and I are friends. We we met a couple of years ago now, maybe three years. Gosh, has it been three years? Yeah, so when we last talked, you had kind of pivoted a little bit, still had some clients. In the design space and pivoted to doing some freelance coaching Mm -hmm. and now we're pivoting again and i love this so talk to me about what's transpired (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: um honestly it's just all like happy accidents (laughs) really like i um i uh just Randomly was looking to join the community during the pandemic um, because I couldn't network in person and was just like strongly looking for a community to join. Um, came across freelance founders and was just really impressed with the people that were in that community uh, and being able to network and make friends. And was like, this is something that's really cool. I'd love to like keep, I don't know, get more involved. if there's any way. Um, slowly it was just active in the channel and then um, randomly got this opportunity to become their community manager. Um, had no idea what this role was. Never heard of it. I mean, I heard of it in terms of social media marketing, but not like actual community building. Um, and I uh, was just like, I'll, I'll figure it out. I would love to like get more involved. Um, and uh, that is about a year later. So now here I am.
1: Crazy. So did you join Freelance Founders more because you were one, looking for a community of people, but also maybe looking for clients. Are you looking to help people and, and coaching clients or you're just speaking to yeah. community?
0: I would say it's, it's it's a bit of both of coaching and community. Um, wanted to just network with people. And then also, like I figured it would be a cool way to like potentially meet new coaching clients um, because I'm in a community of freelancers and that's my niche of who I coach. Um, But it just ended up turning into something that I wasn't necessarily, like, ever envisioning, um, which is really cool. And, like, I've found this whole new career path, which really is, like, what it feels like my calling. Um, I know I've only been in it for, like, a year and some change now, but it really does feel like I wake up and I enjoy like what I'm doing and the people I'm meeting and and like I think the biggest thing for me now is not necessarily feeling those Sunday scaries which I've used to feel in the past of just Sunday evening being like oh man tomorrow's Monday it's gonna suck I'm gonna be super just like annoyed and anxious and now I'm kind of feeling a lot more like as soon as Monday hits I'm like excited that it's uh the work week.
1: yeah yeah I relate to that so much I I had a lot of the same thing we all know I've talked about my My head might as well spin off because of how much I pivoted over the past few years. But I think, you know, the through line for me was always connecting and wanting to help people. No matter what I did, I always felt like I was a connector and I just wanted to help everybody achieve their goal. And I didn't really feel like that fit in anywhere, even though I had these other hard skills and kind of the things that I wanted to do. When once I found community, that was kind of like, oh. There's actually a job that lets you like just connect people and help them do what they need to do. Is that kind of what you found too?
0: Yeah, like it 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 really aligned with a lot of like what I was trying to do in my coaching business, um, but it just on a bigger scale and just being able to meet people that were like very like minded and interested in a lot of the similar things as I was and um, and I think the biggest part that like kind of just me in it was just like how generous people were with like their time and just resources, and um, it felt very different from marketing and, and like what I was used to. Um, and so it just it was just something that I was just like immediately attracted to, wanted to learn more about the career space, and also it's like really new and exciting, and and I can definitely see a huge future in this, especially as like. St- a lot of companies are transitioning into like web three and crypto and how big communities becoming in those spaces. It's just, it's just a really cool, like, un, unexpl- well, I guess it's still explored, but it's like very like minorly explored frontier that uh, there's a lot to go
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like it does feel like we're getting in on the ground floor, even though it seems silly, because community has been around forever. I mean, as long as humans have been around, we've had communities, but the digital community space really came to life during COVID. And we saw all of these groups pop up very quickly. And now in web three, it seems like in the past six months, it's just been an explosion day after day that these folks are ten to hundred thousand strong, literally overnight. It's going to be a really interesting space. I want to back up before we dive into that though and talk about how you made that transition. So when you finally found community, did you did you have a book of clients? You know, were you still working at some of the digital marketing and coaching, or you know, were you kind of at a standstill with your client load, and so felt like this was a good time to just go all in.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was, I was still doing a bit of both. I I think a lot of, you know, like I, I work really well mixing and matching a lot of different things at the same time. So like, I'll have like a freelance client and I'll have a coaching client and I'm doing my community and it allows me to like transition and pivot my focus when I need to. Um, but I definitely like, yeah, like have a, a few side things to keep me held over. Um, especially just getting into a new field and like. Wanting to make sure that this is something that I've wanted to do. I think, with any new, like, besides freelancing, which I jumped into like all in six years ago, um, everything else I've kind of done between then has been like very slow builds because I realized that, like, it's better to scale and start small um, and see if this is something that I actually like doing and, and want to invest time and, and energy into. Um, but I quickly realized that this was and kind of just went all in after like kind of coming to that like, conclusion.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I yeah, I mean, I too like to have my hands on lots of things, but I definitely felt the same way that I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be doing this other stuff. But I think the through line for me was community. Everything does tie back to community, especially when you're working in the fields that we're working in, you know, digital marketing, design, <laughs> huge <laughs> for the community space. Um, you know, coaching people are always trying to seek out other folks who are going through the same thing. So if you thought about starting your own community or you don't want to be a founder, you just want to be a community manager.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I work well in teams. Um, I thrive like working with other people. And so, I don't think that I would want to necessarily fully own and operate my own community. Um, I just, it's the same way with like my freelance business. Like I liked having it at a certain point and then anything that I was going to scale, I was kind of like, I don't really want to do because I don't want to be responsible for all that stuff that comes with it. So, um, I really like thrive and like working with teams and, and, and being able to build that way. Um, and I don't who knows, maybe that will change in the future. Um, but I think at the time being like I like to I like to build with other people.
1: Yeah. I think it's a good point because a lot of people underestimate what it takes to build a community. That's one of the the main things I've seen that folks who are new and enter the space as community managers pick up on very quickly. And then there's a lot of chatter. <laughs> across social media everywhere about how easy it is and everybody who has a course or, uh, you know, wants to make money should just kind of launch a community. What are your thoughts on that as you've transitioned into the role?
0: Um, I mean, it's definitely true. Like community takes a ton of work and there's just so much like stuff that goes behind it that is one, it's not scalable and it doesn't provide quick ROI. So from people who have just like a direct marketing experience and mindset, like it's just, you're going to clash quickly with that. Um, And two, I don't think everyone or everything needs a community in the sense of like we need to have build this fostering living thing behind a product or something. I think I think it really is dependent upon like the company goals and like what they want to do and and how much time they want to commit to something because you know I the past you know year of the pandemic or so, like we've seen a bunch of a rise of a bunch of communities. I'm anticipating in uh, the next year or so, we're going to see more communities, but we're going to see a lot of communities that started a year ago fall off. Um, just because I, we're noticing that now too with like, you know, everything that was 100% digitally focused uh, across the board, we're noticing lower attendance on events and lower like everyday engagement because people are now able to go outside and do other stuff that they weren't able to do before. So this next year or so is going to be really like, a make a break for a lot of communities i think um that were solely relying on just like having everyone around for the lockdown
1: yeah, I totally agree. The Zoom fatigue is real. i have yeah. the severe so using Zoom real. or ooh, something else. I, there's been some good engaging platforms that have come up, but I agree with you. I've already seen quite a few communities suffer uh, the, the fate of <laughs> not moving forward just because it does take so much extra effort. And we are all kind of sick of being online. Uh, how has freelance founders done with that in terms of engagement as we've kind of moved away from online?
0: Yeah. I mean, luckily like engagement has been pretty steady, which has been awesome. Like people have been showing up to post and, you know, asking questions and, and things like that. I would say our event attendance has been low. Um, so what we did is we just scaled back a lot. We used to do like weekly events and try to do as, you know, like a lot of different things that we could do in a month. Um, but we scaled back to doing like one or two a month instead and just make it a bigger promotion around it. And, 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 bigger names to draw on people because you're right. Zoom fatigue is real. People are sick of being on zoom events all day and, um, and they just don't have the time or energy to commit to it anymore. So we just noticed that like, okay, instead of trying to churn out four events a month, like let's just do one or two, um, and we'll put more time and effort around promoting those. So and we've noticed a good amount of attendance that way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tricky. And like next year, the big focus is to bring back in real life events. And so figuring that whole process out and like, where do we do that? And like, how does that whole thing work? And it's gonna be really interesting to, to, to see the rollout of that.
1: Yeah, I think so, for sure. Because there's a lot of concern, right? We're still in a pandemic that hasn't changed at all. Depending on where you are in the globe, the cases may be better or worse. But um, I think it will be super interesting to see how in person comes back and what that attendance is like. Just because you don't know what people's uh, risk tolerances and you know what the costs are going to be, the liability is going to be. It brings a whole level of stress to community founders that they didn't have. What do you think um, has been the most interesting thing that you've you know kind of picked up on? as you've moved into community from your other roles?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think mainly there's a couple things. One is just like from market, uh, pure marketing standpoint, like our whole goal is to like get as much attention and awareness and drive home, like whatever we're trying to to do. Um, and community, one of the things that I learned about, which is super interesting was like whole lurker, uh, Aspect of community and like how that's a huge part of the community and, and it's a good thing that it happens. It's crazy how, like, I didn't know that I thought that I was doing a bad job in the beginning because I'm like, why do we have 300 members but like only 50 or 25 or whatever it is are, are really active and engaged? And like, how, why am I not doing a good job at getting more of those people? But realizing that you know, like there's a huge part of the community that's like still finding a ton of value. They just might not be showing up on a way that you uh, necessarily like envisioned, Um, but it's not a bad thing. So I think that's been a huge learning for me. Um, And just the whole like operations side of community too. Like the, you know, like what do you, like when someone wants to, Join a community. Like, what are those user flows of like getting them in from an application if there is an application to like becoming a member? Once they're a member, where do they go? Um, who who do they talk to? Or like, how does this tool work with this? Like, there is just a ton of stuff that I've had to learn um, through trial and error that uh, I just wasn't necessarily aware of before.
1: Yeah. Good points to touch on there. The lurker aspect. I know Rosie Sherry, uh, shout out to Rosie, has a great breakdown of like all the other things you can call a lurker. I'm I'm a lurker by the standard definition. I don't participate in online chatter, but I 100% show up to all the events and things. So I'm always the first to share that because I think it's important. People who are in the community building space and community founders come to realize that Engagement is difficult and you're only going to have a very small percentage ever, really, that's, you know, truly engaged in lots of things. and that's okay. As long as they're getting benefit out of the community as a whole, everybody's there for a different reason. Yeah. And operations, for sure. I'd love to touch more on that. So you're a community manager, but you're doing it all. So does that include, obviously, operations you just touched on, but, you know, kind of also like the social media aspect and some of the marketing aspects, So luckily I'm not doing
0: the, um, luckily I'm not doing the, uh, social media side of stuff because that's just a whole nother ballpark. And like, it's one of the non-negotiable things that I have as like a community manager being like, I just, I'm not touching that. Like I've, I've done that for years and, and it's a whole, it's a whole role on its own. And like, I can help out if, if needed on a case by case basis and help strategy and things like that. But I'm not like your social media manager. um, and so that's something I just had to like, kind of put my foot down for a lot of things. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, ha- I help with everything on the community side, like in terms of like, the whole onboarding process. And then like, when we have events, like, I am I don't really host events, which is also great too, but like, I help, you know, like strategize and put stuff together and, 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 you know, just make sure that like we have a, like a calendar in place for that. Um, yeah there's just a lot of like behind the scenes work of community management that if you're not familiar with the community space you're just like oh they're just going to be in slack all day answering questions or they're not really doing anything um but but like there's a lot of behind the scenes work that uh sometimes is like hard to show for on a daily basis because there's just you know a lot of strategy and planning and and connecting that you're doing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I think the connecting is the thing that I always feel is overlooked. That that is the goal of the community that you're connecting members together that need to be connected. And a good community manager spends a lot of time doing that. And it is so hard to measure that. That's an ROI that exists, but is is really difficult to track. Are you guys using any tools at all behind the scenes to measure any of this?
0: We use Comscore, so shout out to Comscore. Love the team there, um, which honestly has been super helpful because we were piecemealing, like, six different tools together beforehand um, and just sending out random surveys or just seeing that, like, some – we are just guessing of, like, who was um, engaged. And so having a tool that, like, shows us that has been super helpful. Um, uh, and, yeah, so we use that and love – and then we also use like some other platforms that are just like usually to like track stuff for like surveys. Um, so like Airtable has been huge for us. Um, we also have this really cool thing on our resource that is only available to our members that we host on Airtable, but it's essentially it's a anonymous freelance rate sheet. So it allows freelancers to like put like how much they charge per hour, like where they're located. Um, do they charge project based or hourly rate and then like how long they've been freelancing for? And it's a really cool, transparent way for community members to see other community members like pricing because it's like, oh wow, I've been cooperating for five years and I'm only charging $50 an hour and someone else is charging 150. Like, should I charge more or should I, you know, so it allows like transparency in that side, um, which has been like one of the coolest things that we've, uh, launched recently.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. I love those little resource gems that are behind the scenes for community members. I think um, too often the resource library is discounted in community, the evergreen content that people can keep coming back to. Man, it's so key. It's so key. People want that. It's it's conversation, but you know they want to have a spot that they know they can go get all of those resources. Yeah. And- so.
0: Oh, sorry. I was gonna say that's one. Of the, yeah, that's one of the big like perks of our membership too. Is like we have, we've been focusing a lot of, especially. I mean, I don't think this necessarily is true for every single community. It's like really dependent on like what your community does. But as freelancers, like a lot of freelancers want templates and resources and things that they can kind of like use on their own without having to like make from scratch. And so that's been a huge focus too, which is like coming up with content and building like a whole content calendar around that part of the side stuff, which is also on like the operation side um, and and requires a lot of time and bandwidth. So um, yeah, but it's been fun yeah. to do that.
1: That's good. It sounds like you're doing a lot. Is it just you or do the founders kind of help you manage the community?
0: It's, it's me, um, Carolyn, who's the founder of Freelance Founders. And then we have another person on our team called her name is Kate and she's like the, our project manager slash she helps with the events a lot. She hosts events. Um, and so it's like a three person core team and it's awesome because we're all super involved. Uh, I mean, we both have, we all have stuff on the side too, but like, we're all like, you know, we all have our own tasks that we're doing with freelance founders, but, um, everyone's super helpful to like collaborate and get work done together.
1: That's great. I love it. A lot of times it is those nice, small, close knit teams that Mm -hmm. really drive the community. And you can tell when you enter a community and it's run by a team that knows each other, is comfortable, um, it it always seems to go a lot better. Yeah, definitely. So, how has it been learning this role? (laughs) You know, you talked about like what you're doing, but what are you doing to learn how to do all of these things?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, the first. Nine months of it was just learning of like doing all experimenting. Uh, you know, I'm part of the community club um, community, which is uh, it's meta of a community builder, a community for community builders. Um, but the the group has been super helpful for me, like in terms of you know learning processes and connecting other community builders and just like asking questions and getting feedback. Um, and so, yeah, the first nine months were trial and error. And then that's when I came across community clubs, uh, course on, um, community, which is called C school. Um, and was like, Oh, I definitely want to get it certified in community management. Like, I don't think it's necessarily something that's a hundred percent needed to do because I mean, you, I don't think you need to get a college degree to do a bunch of stuff either, but I think, you know, I think I think it's helpful in, in terms of for me, like at least knowing that I'm going through like the correct channels and processes to like make sure like if you know I needed to send something to an internal stakeholder or whatever it might be, like I can actually get like a whole strategy deck in place without like guessing like what should go on it or not. Um, And plus, like, networking with the cohort. And I think that's, you know, one of the greatest parts about going to college or or doing education is, like, not only is, like, are you learning a lot through the program, but you're meeting the people that you're doing a program with and, like, being able to network that way and and learn from them and their perspective and what they're doing in their communities. And so, um, to me, that's been, like, super awesome and beneficial. I'm in, like, week five of their eight-week program right now um, and working on, like, a final strategy deck presentation for like our final project which is super cool um but yeah love love the program highly recommend it for community builders um and they have different um cohorts based on like if you are just transitioning into community management if you've been in it for like a year or two or if you're like looking to become a chief community um officer and want to go into the executive level um, they have a a cohort track for that too. So there's a lot of cool um, education platforms and, and things that you can do uh, to help like level up your career.
1: Yeah, I noticed the C school, and I think that's fantastic. I love that they've done that. I I'm, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be expanding it into a couple of other areas too. And I know there's yeah. a CMX. They have a a program as well that you can do. I think it's fantastic those things are offered because, right, there's no college degree for community management, you know? And it's one of those things that it's important to go through with people who are in that field because you do need those connections and you you sometimes do need the reassurance that, oh, you've been through this too and your community is 10,000 people and mine's 1,000, but it's still the same issues (laughs) and the same concerns. Um, Have you kind of talked to folks that are in corporate community settings and, you know, SaaS communities or are you sticking to more, uh, you know, creator-driven communities?
0: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, people in my cohort, there's some that are just strictly in like the creative startup base and there's some that are in like the huge enterprise communities. And so it's really cool to see the difference and the contrast of like how they approach their communities, like what platforms that they're even on to, because there's some, there's some community platforms. So like just to even build and scale on them, like it costs anywhere between fifty to to $100,000 plus a year to even just use this platform. So those are big budgets that like I haven't been around for anything in the community space. And so it's just interesting to see like how those work and how other people are like approaching community I'm personally more attracted to and wanting to stay in like the startupy like new space because um, I like to be able to leave my mark, like where I'm going. And I feel like if I'm just going into some enterprise company, like I'm just, I mean, and this might not be true, but at least from like what I've seen and, and like what I've heard is like I just don't want to be like another number and be like, oh, I'm just following these processes and I can't really like give you know my own feedback or thoughts on stuff. And so. Um, I love being in like a creator like startupy space
1: of it. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same way. I, I really enjoy the direct impact that you can see. Not that you can't on a larger SaaS platform, but you know, sometimes a directive comes down from the marketing team per se. <laughs> and it's not really in alignment. And when you're at a startup or a smaller company, you, you might have a little bit more influence and say on whether or not that continues versus at a larger. SaaS platform. So I'm with you on that. What's it been like for you personally as you make this transition? How has like imposter syndrome or figuring out where your skill set matches up? How has that impacted you as you've kind of pivoted?
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely like, you know, imposter syndrome hit at a new point where it's just like I'm learning, I'm relearning and learning new things and so just being like, oh, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who are been doing this for a while or longer than I have, um, but also too like I honestly it hasn't been as daunting as an experience as like I thought it was going to be because people are just really helpful and 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 they don't necessarily care how long you've been doing it right like and that's the coolest thing is like I've been talking to a lot of people and like offering advice and they're like wait like if you've only been doing community management for a year I don't want to hear from you and like that's what I've kind of come across before like marketing and advertising side is like, if, if you have been doing this for 10 years and I'm not really interested in what you have to say. Um, and so I think that's one of the coolest parts about communities. Like people are just very much like, okay, well like you, um, you know, like you, everyone has an equal opinion and, and is value and like what I'm trying to ask them for. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty smooth, honestly.
1: Yeah, that's good to hear. I've had the excuse me, I've had the same experience. I think if you have life experience, you have community experience because community is people. So if you've been around people, yes, there are things that you need to learn how to manage and tools that you need to learn how to use, but it comes down to people and how do you engage with people and how do you connect with people? And so there's no right or wrong. You know, there are things that have worked in the past for some people and things that haven't. And every community is a little bit different and unique. And I, I think that's the advantage of the field that it's one of the few fields that you really can come in just with your worldly experience and, blow it out of the water because you have a unique perspective and skill set that could really help, you know, whatever they're trying to do. So I'm glad you've had this, the same experience. I think it's, it's a cool space. And sometimes I feel like giddy that there's actually paying jobs for this kind mm-hmm. of
0: Yeah. It's like paying, um, paying jobs and honestly, like good paying jobs too, which is nice. It's like, it's, it's really refreshing to see a lot of companies be transparent in like how much they're paying and then also like actually show the value of community um and again of uh, being like this is just the start of it too so like imagine where it's going to be in, in a couple of years and that, that to me that's been super exciting
1: Yeah, for sure. Speaking of Web3, I know you dabble a little bit in Web3 and NFTs. So what are your thoughts on that space? Is that anywhere you're looking to go with community? or Are you looking to stay in Web2, as it were?
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm interested. Um, I'm kind of just at the point now where I'm just learning and and seeing some stuff. I I dabble just to like get it because I learn by experience. And so like I'm like, okay, I can read about NFTs all day long, but like let me just get a wallet and try to buy one and see what that process is like and and invest that way and, and, and you know, learn from experience doing that and, and look at some Discord communities and, and things like that. So um, I do think they're going to be big. I do think, you know, I really feel like this is the 90s all over again of like Amazon and Apple and, and some of these like huge uh, just the way that the web three is going to be in, in, you know, 10, 20 years time. And that we're really at this pioneer stage where, you know, it's super early. I mean, a lot of the same talk now that, you know, of people being like, Oh, this is dumb or this is going to be anything or blah, 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 It's like the same exact thing of like what the internet was going to be. Right. Like people were like, Oh, the internet's just a fad. It's not, it's not going to be anything. It's, it's people are not going to use it. Like no one's going to do email. And so it's just like, it's just history repeats itself over and over again with just new things. And so um, I really, really, really think that this is going to be big. Um, I have no, I mean, that's the thing though, with the space now, like whatever is doing it now is going to look completely different in a year, two a year, three years time. Um, so I'm not like trying to necessarily build a lot now, but I'm just, I'm anything that I think is interesting. Um, I'm just. Learning, seeing like what's out there, um, and I think the part that excites me the most is like everything in that space so far has the emphasis on community has been bigger than sometimes like the product itself, and so that's what's ex- excites me because it's like okay, like just imagine where the community roles are going to be in this space in the future. Um, and how important it is going to be to be a community manager, a community lead, chief community officer, um, and all the opportunities that will be opened up for people in that space.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a huge space. I haven't dabbled in it at all. <laughs> it's too much for my brain right now. Um, I, I, the one concern I have is the how quickly the communities have grown and the anonymity. Now we all know I don't use my last name on the internet. I'm all for anonymity, but I am always, maybe it's my uh, pessimism coming through. Like, I I just think it's super scary that you don't know who these people are and everybody is avatars and they could be, you know, anyone. I mean, we look at the, the what was it? The constitution, you know, there's millions of dollars <laughs> literally to a few people and you're just trusting blind faith that they're actually going to do what they say they're going to do. I don't, has that come up for you at all? Do you have any thoughts around that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm like too scared of that. Like, I don't know. Like I'm, um, I think generally like, I, I think a lot of stuff with like the blockchain and, and, and DAOs and governance of like people are like voting um, helps like protect a, a lot of that stuff. I think that, it can also go the opposite way where you get a bunch of people in a community and they like totally take it a different direction and you're kind of just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do anymore. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just very like, I, I feel like at the end of the day too, like you get a gut feeling of, this is something that I want to do and be part of and, and concede the future of, um, and no matter like web two, web three, like that feeling doesn't necessarily go away. And so, um, to me, I just been kind of following that. And like, you know, it's really cool. Like Dan Petty, you know, shout out to Dan Petty. I got super involved in, in this NFT space called dead fellows because of him. Like I saw him post about it and was like, Oh, this art is really cool. I want to like look into it and, and the community was been super nice. And I, that was my first NFT that I bought. Um, and I'm like, you know, just investing money that like, my whole philosophy is like, don't invest money that you need, like just whatever money that you can actually afford to lose, like invest because yes, the, the idea of it is to make money and to, to grow. But at the end of the day too, like you don't want to, you have to also go into it being like, okay, it could go to zero and be okay with that. Um. So, but yeah, I mean, I got in, you know, I, I got introduced to like some NFTs and communities that way. Um, and it's just been, People there have been generally like really awesome and nice. Um, I'm just excited to see like, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see like how it grows. And then also like, I think too, a lot of these communities are growing really quickly because people are really trying to make a quick profit and then they're leaving if it doesn't sell or if it doesn't you know make my lot. So like, that's going to be interesting in my opinion too, is like the people that are in it for the community and the people are in it for the profit of what the community is doing.
1: Yeah, there does seem to be a strong line in the sand of people that are in it because they believe in the community, they believe in what the founders are doing and the roadmap. And those folks are for sure in it for the long haul. And then I agree. I see this whole other sub segment that's like, I didn't make any money. I'm selling this. This is stupid. Or, you know, I got in here and it's a bunch of tech bros and I don't really want to deal with that. I mean, you have that in any community anywhere. So it's not <laughs> web three, web two. That That's just kind of how things go. But yeah, I, it's just an interesting space. I don't understand it enough. Um, and I'm not comfortable enough with it to even dabble, but I think there is a lot of opportunity for people who are comfortable with it. I've seen a lot of people make a lot of money, a lot of friends and be very, very successful. And I'm so happy for them. <laughs> um, you know, like Roboto's is, it, yeah. Pablo Stanley's group just announced today that they have a animation deal. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's insane so lots of really cool things to come for sure interesting space we'll have
0: to yeah no. dive sure. in some
1: other <laughs> some yes. time. so how are you managing all of these things are you still taking on clients you know i know you're part of your own communities you your community manager you're married you've got all the things how are you managing yeah. everything
0: you know i don't know <laughs> to be honest with you i'm just kind of it's just working out at this point um I'm, I'm not actively taking on like new clients or new projects or stuff like that like if something came across my way that was just like oh this is an amazing opportunity i have to do it then cool um but i'm not like seeking new projects opportunities like that at the time being just because i do have a lot on my plate and i also want to take some time off for like the holidays and and just you know i don't want to be working 24 7 like you know, as you know, like my wife has her like succulent business. And so anytime I'm not working here, like I'm going over there to help. And so it's like, you know, I'm doing helping her with events and things like that. And so I'm just making sure that I don't shred myself too thin. Um, but also a lot of the stuff, like in terms of time commitment and stuff, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just how you prioritize things. Um And how much time you give yourself to do things. Like one of the things that, you know, uh, my wife was, I, she told me and like something I've heard on podcasts before, but like the amount of time you give a task is like how long it's going to take you to do it. And so if you're like, it's going to take me three hours to do this or it's, or it's going to take me one hour or 30 minutes, like, you know, you really dictate like how much time you're spending on something. And so, um, I just make sure during my like prime working hours, I'm focused on the stuff I need to get done. Um, and then the rest of the time, I'm like, okay, if I have extra time to do it, I'll do it. Or if I'm, you know, working at the studio or, um, you know, whatever it might be. And so I think it just really comes down to like prioritizing the immediate tasks that need to get done that day. Cause, you know, we all have a very, very heavy to do list. Um, but not everything needs to get done today. Not everything is prioritized or as important and so being able to decipher being like okay does this task really need to get done off my plate or can i can i put it off till tomorrow we we often feel bad about ourselves if we're like oh we're putting this thing off but it's like no like we only have a limited amount of energy per day and um overworking yourself day in and day out it's just gonna be bad in the long run so we'd rather you work like four hours a day of your prime four hours, getting the stuff done and then doing the rest as it comes. You don't need to like just power through stuff for the sake of being like, Oh, I'm super accomplished.
1: Yeah. It's important to know. I think a lot of people are still very focused on like the more time I spend in front of the computer doing things, I'm productive and it's just not true. I, I, you know, more and more spend less and less time as the least amount of time as possible in front of the computer, you know, I'll be mobile or take my iPad or whatever, you know, pen and paper, write down things that I know I need to do. But I think it's a, yeah, putting in boundaries and prioritizing, like, these are the three things I can do today. and making sure that you have some work-life balance is super yeah. important.
0: Yeah. And yeah. And just like prioritizing that stuff too, because, you know, you'll have, you'll have stuff that comes out throughout the day. And like, I'm very, you know, I'm, and I'm so, this is I'm, a lot of the stuff I'm still working on. So I haven't perfected anything, but like, you know, a lot of times people will be like, Oh, can I grab 20 minutes from you today and grab a meeting? And like, typically I normally say yes. Um, uh, but I've been getting a lot better at saying no because, or like trying to push it for another day or time, because it just throws off your whole schedule and, um, and it leaves you burnt out at the end of the day too. And so, um, yeah, just being able to just really like focus on the stuff that needs to get done. And then, and then for your, you know, your work or your life stuff, like also putting that on the calendar, if that's helpful for you, like, you know, like I always joke with uh, my wife, but like we put our date nights on our calendar and stuff and we block off time for that because it's like, we know like this is when we're going to do this and, and we don't like plan anything around it. And so, um, you know, if, that stuff is, is super important as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I just got into time blocking. I did it a long, long time ago uh, when I was still in corporate. And then I got out of it. I think I just wanted no boundaries and a free for all. And that's what happened. It led to a free for all and overworking. And I didn't have time for anything. Um, and I constantly did that. Oh, sure. I'll move everything around and meet with you. I stopped doing that. I, I say no to can't you just. If your question starts <laughs> with can't you just, my answer is no, I cannot. <laughs> um, But yeah, I just got back into time blocking. It's amazing how little time you actually have in a day and how quickly you prioritize what actually needs to be done and what definitely does not need to be done. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's been very helpful. Highly recommend it. So we've chatted a lot about your success as you've moved into community, but I'm sure there's been some failure along this pivot. So chat with me about what maybe your biggest failure has been on this particular journey and what you've learned from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest, you know, failure and, and just like lesson is just like doing too much at once. Like as a community manager, and especially as a new in a new community, in a growing community where you have autonomy to do a lot of different things, you're like, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna do that, and it's just like nothing gets super dialed in and and is like actually like good to to test and and to really put like energy in. And so like my first couple months was just like we're going to launch these events and I'm going to like do these initiatives. And, and, and I just found myself being like, whoa, I need to step back and and actually be like, okay, what am I, what's my main goal of this month to like really try to get better at and then do that. Um, same with events too. Like I just figured that, Oh, if we have a cool guest speaker then people are going to come and it's not, it's not the case. Like it's, <laughs> it's really not. And like, especially, you know, with zoom fatigue and, and other stuff too. And like, just people and a lot of times too, like, you know, you'll have like event RSVPs of like 30 people and maybe like three show up and you're like, what the hell? Like, why aren't people here? Like, am I doing something wrong? And so just like being able to like check myself with that and, and to like, and just to know that, you know, stuff comes up in people's lives and your event is not necessarily the most important thing that they need to attend. Um, and just other things that I was like kind of constantly checking my ego about of, of, of being like, Oh, if I do this, this is going to work. And, and people are going to find a ton of value in this and just, and also I, I think, you know, one of my failures early on was like not necessarily asking the community what they wanted and assuming what they wanted. You know what I mean? Like, there's like, Oh, I, as a freelancer, I would like this. So I'm going to do that. But I was like, I need to, I should ask them what they want. Like, do they actually want this event? Do they want this resource? And, and so I think, um, and plus, honestly, when you think about it, it's so much less work on your end by getting like feedback of what the community needs versus guessing and putting in all that time. Um, because then you're like, Oh, Okay, you know, first of all, too, like not everyone in your community is going to fill out a survey. So it's not 100% always accurate. But but at least you get like a better sense and clarity to like build stuff for them versus like build stuff for you that you think is good. And so that's definitely been a lesson, too.
1: Yeah, those are great lessons. (laughs) The last one really resonates with me. I get a lot of pushback when I say ask the community. Every founder out there says, "Why would I bother asking them? That's not their job." Well, they're paying money most of the time to belong to these communities. You know, if you're reaching out to a community manager, you have a team. I'm sure it's a paid community, or it's a product of a you know, it's a paid product, and and the communities part. You have to invest in it. You can't just. Yeah. Blind faith. There are ways we can look. We can look at what people are posting and the types of questions they're asking, but that gives us a broad spectrum of things. Just ask them. They're people. They're like, they'll tell you. I, I mean, yes, yeah, so you're not going to get everybody's response, but the people that are going to show up are absolutely going to tell you what they want and what they don't want. So hard lessons to learn. Humility. Community teaches you humility.
0: hundred percent. And I think, you know, I think the mindset shift of community a lot of times is like especially if you come from a background of like working at an agency or marketing it's like all these places are trying to be innovative um but in a community you don't necessarily need to be innovative you just need to listen and so i think that's where a lot of it comes in play of like in marketing right like there's an example of, of henry ford where if if he was asking what people wanted they would have asked for faster horses versus the car Um, And I think that's where that mindset comes in of like not asking your community what they want because they don't know what they want best. Um, But in the community aspect, they do because it's, you know, you're not selling them something. You're asking them like resources and how to get involved and and just how to participate and like be part of the discussion. Um, And so I think that mindset shift is super important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They they paid money to be there because of what you've said you're going to do so any way you can support them in achieving that goal especially asking them like what types of events do you like do you like fireside amas do you you know want us to walk you through step by step on how to use something or you know there's lots of different opportunities and options and yeah i totally agree and it's one of those hills i'm willing to die on. and i'm like you have to ask the community you have to ask them you i mean Posts will only tell you so much. You have to talk to people.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's so true.
1: Yeah. It's very frustrating for me. And People are like, ah, they're not going to answer. Anyway, I could go on about it forever. So what would you recommend to somebody if they are looking to kind of make a transition into community based on what you've seen and done? How should they approach it?
0: Yeah. I mean, one, I would definitely join like the... Community club uh channel and, and uh, CMX, uh, which is another platform for community builders. Just because even if you're new to the space or not even in the space but you want to learn more, you can just see like what other people are posting and talking about and how they're interacting and the companies and products that they work with. Um and just to connect with other community builders, I feel like there's a lot of knowledge to be shared. Um so that's step number one. Um two is to just get involved in communities too, like you know, if you're wanting to get in the space, like just there's a ton of free communities that you can be part of. Um, and you know, if you're having a hard time figuring out which ones, just like look at the tools that you currently use. Are you a Figma user? Cause there's a Figma community. Are you, um, do you use like, uh, Airtable? Cause there's an Airtable community and, and Salesforce and so on and so on. And so like just really look on like the tools and the platforms that you currently like and see if there's a community behind it. Um, and just get involved that way and see if that's something that you actually like doing or, and then you can start to get an idea of like what they're doing, right, what they're doing or what you would recommend them doing differently. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, you know, experience, you know, anything that you can, um, you know, when you're just starting out in the community field, sometimes it's hard to land a job right away. Um, so maybe it's just like, okay, I'm going to dedicate, you know, 10 hours a month for this thing. And, and, and just see if I can like start small and scale and make it be your side hustle in the beginning and just get experience and, and grow from there. Um, but there's definitely ways to like get involved. Um, but highly recommend, like my number one thing is just reaching out and connecting with community managers because, uh, they're going to be your best network and, and help you land opportunities and become friends and, and, you know, like, being able to just learn. Um, and so that's definitely something I would recommend.
1: Yeah, it's great advice. I think reaching out to the people in the field has been super, super helpful. Um, just because a lot of people got their start in community not as community. It wasn't a thing. You know, I mean, we all came here organically, usually because we wanted to be part of something else. We started our own community. We've, you know, helped other people start communities. So everybody comes to the community field by way of non traditional path. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so true. I,
1: I think that's why it's so helpful to reach out to folks that are in the space, especially people that have been in the space quite a bit um just because it's it's fun to hear their stories and and hear how they they got into the space and i think volunteering is the best thing that people can do because it gives you a taste of like what you'll actually be doing and then you'll get to know what you really like what you don't like i mean you for example like to do the the front of the house stuff and and help with all that you're also doing the operations and i'm very like vaccine. I don't want anything to do with moderation. Um, you know, I'll host and facilitate, but yeah, in terms of like online chatter, it's just not for me. Social media, not for me at all. Shouldn't be part of the community management role.
0: Yeah. A hundred (laughs) percent. That's the thing that drives me crazy. And so any hiring managers listening to this, please separate social media and community management. They are two different things. Um, I, that's just, it's just the biggest red flag for me when I see that role, hybrid role together. Um, yeah, yeah I can't do it. it.
1: It's just, you're not going to be successful at both. You'll be successful at one or the other, but they're very different skill sets and very different, you know, mental focus in terms of social media management or community building. These are not the same things, uh, cause one's an audience and one, <laughs> one's a community. So they're, they're not the same. Um, Yeah if I could give any takeaway for hiring manager. And if you're looking for a role in community, I would pay attention to the job roles because there is a wide variety in not only job titles, job responsibilities, pay scales. So if you, you know figure out a company and you want to work for a couple companies, start there and start talking to people who manage community there. That's how Very I true. approach it. Yeah, good. Awesome. and. Time flies. <laughs> I know,
0: right? Time flies when we're having fun talking yeah. about community.
1: <laughs> so is there anything else that you'd like to share? Any parting words of wisdom? Anything you're working on?
0: Uh, I mean, the only thing i like to share is just like, you know, if, if anything, if anyone here is interested in community and wants to learn more, please reach out to me. Um, I'm more than happy to chat and, and help you know, in you in this space, like anything I can do to give back. Um, and, you know, I think too with community is like, as we've been saying this whole time and is the big theme of this conversation is that it's still very new and very early. And so like, you are able to define a lot of stuff based on like your own systems and, and how you do things. And so, um, don't let like don't be intimidated by entering this space. A lot of people are super friendly and helpful. Um, And, you know, it doesn't matter, like, if you've been spending a bunch of time in your career doing something else or whatever it might be, like, you can definitely find a home in in community. Um, And so I just strongly recommend, you know, trying.
1: Yeah, it's great advice, I think. There's so much opportunity for anyone from any walk of life, and you can find any company pretty much anymore that has a community to match what your passions are, what your interests are, which is pretty phenomenal as well. It's great, great, party wisdom. Where can people get in touch with you and follow along with your uh, journey?
0: Yeah, so i um, super active on Twitter, uh, so my username is at Max underscore Pete. Um, I'm on Instagram too, One Hand Wonderman, uh, And yeah, just feel free to like shoot me a message. Uh, if you're on the Community Club Slack or CMX Slack, um, I'm on both of them. So you can just search Max Pete and find me and reach out. Um, and I'm always on the chat. So, really, always on the chat about community.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Max. I'll be sure to link yeah, all of that in the show me. notes. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to catch back up once we uh, see how your community journey unfolds. Yes. I'm excited. And that wraps up this week's show. Thank you to our guests for joining us, sharing your journey, your fails, and lessons along the way. If you want to follow along in between episodes, you can catch me on Twitter at Sarah No Socks. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help the podcast. Until next time, bye.